everybody, welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Blue, and today I am here with the feeling weird he just said, even though you're not going to hear this because that section was edited <laughs> out, but you'll hear this bit. Hi, I'm Brad. <laughs> it's Brad. Hello, Brad. How is Chocolat Bleu? That was my attempt at French. <laughs> uh, I am well. Um, I am possibly suffering from the condition of Longbone. <laughs> Man, I guess I guess you could say you're boned on this one. <laughs> oh god, no. Nah. Uh, yeah, that's not in that way. That's a way to start up a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Uh, today we're going to be discussing Kurokana Basuke, but before we get into that, I'm going to tell you a story about my week. Yes, yes. let's hear let's hear story time. Grab yeah. popcorn, get cozy, <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, well, it was my birthday over the weekend that just passed. Mm-hmm. No. I turned 23, a whole 23 years old. Mm-hmm. We played Mario Kart with my family and uh, had a few too many rum and cokes. It's a good time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually a really fun time. We didn't do anything special. Of course, you know, with quarantine, there's not really much you can do, but... I had a really, really fun birthday. We played cards. There are parts of it I don't really remember very much. I hope I didn't do anything too embarrassing, but at least I was with my family. So, you know. Yeah, it's all that matters. At least you weren't out doing something embarrassing in front of, you know, strangers. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I guess you could say stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. I also know, though, if I did something really embarrassing, my family would have never let it let me live it down. So at least I don't. I know that I didn't go really embarrassing. So just I can I can settle with a probably did some mildly embarrassing stuff. Oh, hey, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I went to the doctors. I went to a specialist, a, uh, a rheumatologist very fancy uh because for the past like eight years i've been suffering from a bad wrist and i have hypermobility so all my joints like hyperextend and um sublocate and dislocate really easy and my wrist specifically my right wrist has been plaguing me for the past eight years and i've been to see a couple doctors for it and nothing ever really came of it, you know. Get X-rays and and they do different things, and and there was never any like definitive. This is the thing that they think has happened. But I went to go see the specialist, and um, he says that there is there's two possible things as to why what is happening, why it is still hurting after eight years. Um, and that is one that my ulna, the outer bone of your two uh, two bones in the in your forearm the one that sits on the outside um grew too long by like a few millimeters and because of that it pushes against my wrist joint like it doesn't sit properly all the bones don't sit nice and just gives me a higher chance of injuring it and then not healing properly because nothing ever sit sat well in the first place you know what i mean mhm so the only solution to that is to shave the bone down. So if it's that, then that means surgery, which is kind of scary, but also a permanent solution. So that's good. 
But the other option is that the little piece of triangular cartilage in between my ulna and then the whatever little bone is above it got injured. And because it was never like really injured, it was just like mildly injured. I just kept using my wrist because I was like, well, it doesn't hurt that bad. So I can just keep using it. And then it never just healed. And so I've, he's scheduled an MRI where he's going to like, well, not he, but somebody, some professional is going to inject ink into my arm and then they're going to do an MRI on it, which is going to be fun. And that'll tell them hopefully whether or not it is long bone syndrome or if I've damaged the cartilage. But because the wait time for getting a MRI is quite long, especially with all the COVID stuff that's happening, I am to baby my wrist for the next two months wearing a brace whenever I do any kind of physical activity, not carrying anything heavy in my right hand, arm, side, and trying not to inflame my wrist at all and trying to go the longest period I can without hurting it or like feeling the pain that I normally feel. So yeah, uh, two months of braced basically on my end. Yeah, so that means that uh, when I finally go snowboarding in snowboarding season, which is has already started, but I will have to board with a wrist brace on. And I can't go skiing because skiing means I have to hold a ski pole and that's off the table. So just snowboarding this season. So do I need to text you multiple times a day now and be like, hey. Wear your brace. You wear your brace? Yeah, I was good yesterday. I wore my brace all day yesterday. And then my little finger, my pinky finger started tingling. So I took it off for a bit because I figured I had it on funny or I was like laying on it funny and and I um, cut off circulation. So I took it off for a bit and I was like, I'll put it back on in a second. And then promptly fell asleep without it on. And then- Bad me summer. And, <laughs> and then I went to physiotherapy this morning without it on and I was telling them about what happened, because obviously this is my first appointment since going to the doctors, so I was telling my physiotherapist, my massage therapist and everything about my diagnosis, and they were going, so where's your brace then? And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> forgot to wear it, sorry. I have it on now, though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to text you and remind you, aren't mm-hmm. I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. But anyway, how was your week? It's been good, so I've been getting back into tennis, mm-hmm. which... I took three weeks off due to wedding shenanigans and healing your COVID. feet. Well, yeah, healing my feet, COVID scare, and just me trying to heal in general from that whole situation because mm-hmm. of my breathing difficulties. Mm-hmm. So I've played four times this week. That's about the most I've ever played tennis. That's a lot. Yeah, but Sunday we went out and I was dying. Like I could not catch my breath at all. Mm-hmm. But I've slowly been building it back up together. You nice. would be proud. Nice. Guess what I did before I played today? What? I stretched. Ooh, you're turning into like a legit athlete. No, I'm just trying not to be stupid. Good. Don't be stupid, stupid. I mean, I am stupid. I'm just trying to be less stupid. <laughs> Have you tried new insoles in your shoes? I remember you were talking about insoles. So the insoles have definitely helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm still... Of course, having issues, but rolling my feet at night on a frozen water bottle helps. That's good. So, I'm doing everything I can. I'm still in pain, but it's manageable, at least. That's good. 
But that's about it. Work has consumed my life. Basketball anime has consumed my life. There's so many episodes of Kurokono Basuke. <laughs> Dear God. But I feel like Kurokono Basuke is the main reason I've went out and played so much tennis. Because yeah. it's just got me fired up to want to like go out and do sports. It really does. Active. It really does. Every time I watch a sports anime, I always am like, I'm going to get so fit and healthy. I, I get so much motivation from them. I, I'm always like, okay, now... I need to go snowboarding. I'm going to start running up and down my stairs to prep my thighs so that I can stay in a squat longer while I'm snowboarding. And I, I'm i going to stretch why not just do squats? yoga. Squats? Yeah, why not just do squats? It's bad on my knees. I don't know why stairs are easier than squats, but they are. It's, an, it's not as bad on, on my knees. I feel like there's something backwards about that. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's something backwards about that. I don't know. That's just, it. my knees don't crack when I go up and down the stairs, but they do when I do squats. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I <laughs> so, okay, as a non-American, I, I'm going to say this is a gen, general term. As a non-American, I don't know very much about basketball. So I have to admit, the majority of my basketball knowledge comes from Kurokono Basuke and Slam Dunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any other <laughs> basketball knowledge? I don't know basketball. Do you have like a foundation of basketball knowledge when, like, before you were going into this? I assume probably. Yes. So I have played basketball both mm-hmm. in middle school and just casually mm-hmm. with friends. I have, or rather, my aunt is in the Hall of Fame at Clemson University for basketball. Ooh, that's and very And Nana and Papal are in the Hall of Fame at their high school for basketball. That's so there's kind fancy. of a basketball lineage. Well, you do have quite a tall family. family. I've outgrown everyone. Mm. So it's definitely not that. I was just going to say, and you're the one who uh, didn't really continue with basketball. You went into wrestling instead. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's funny because basketball, I'm not going to lie. Because I could sit here and bullshit my way through it and be like, oh, you know, I was decent. No. You want, you want me to be real for a second here? I do. I played basketball for one year, my yeah. seventh grade year in mm-hmm. middle school. You want to know how many points I scored or how many baskets I made my entire middle school career? Seven. Three. Really? Three shots is all that I made. That's funny. You know, a very similar thing happened to me. When I entered really? high school, I was recruited by the volleyball team and the basketball team because, again, I am tall. Uh, no, just kidding. I'm four. F- what did you say? Four foot two? I'm four foot two. Four foot two. Yes. Four foot two. Uh, but yeah, the gym teacher came over and she was like, We know that you did some sports. Would you like to look at playing for these teams? And I said, I, Trust me, I'm not good. I do not have the hand eye coordination. I am I'm a leg sport person. I cannot do the throwing of the hitting that like that doesn't no, does not compute. She was like, just give it a go. Just give it a go. We're not even gonna do tryouts or whatever. I'm just gonna look at you while you're in gym class and we can talk about it and see and <laughs> make our mind up. I think it took a half of a gym class, a half of a gym period for her to come over to me and be like yeah, so you were saying about leg sports? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing. With your hypermobility and everything else, volleyball, I don't think, would be a good fit for you. Mm-mm. Basketball, on the other hand, I feel like could be fine. Because hand-eye coordination and everything else, especially in the 
terms of basketball can be taught. Mm. Because honestly, I'm a whole hell of a lot better basketball player now mm-hmm. than I was in seventh grade just playing casually mm-hmm. because it's more fun. The only reason I played basketball in seventh grade is because my aunt was like, here's $100. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me being in seventh grade, I was like, ooh, $100, so much money. That can get me like two games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing casually now, I've definitely gotten a little bit better. I still suck, but I'm good at rebounds. Yeah. So, you know, it's not. It's not terrible, but I definitely naturally took to wrestling and baseball. I just kind of naturally took to as well. Just hitting as far as fielding goes. I think we've talked about this. I'm kind of fucking blind. Yeah, I can't throw anything except a tennis ball for my dog. Mate, just buy a racket. (laughs) We have one of those chuck it things as well, but I normally just throw with my hand. Just get a racket. You can throw it so much further and I guarantee you, you'll wear bean out a lot quicker. I have a bad wrist, though. You can do it left-handed. Yeah, sure. You see, you sit here and laugh. Look, let's let's get serious for a second. Okay. You are genuinely one of the most talented people that I know. Aw, that's like, sweet. You're brilliant. Yeah. Okay. You can figure out how to lob a tennis ball up in the air and hit it with your left hand. My left hand is so useless. It's so useless. Baka, listen to me. <laughs> Trust me. No, seriously. Bad. Like, I'm not good with my arms in general, and then using my non-dominant hand, it's not a good situation. I, I, yeah, I don't, no, not good. I will stick to my leg sports. I will run and jump and snowboard, and that and yeah, that's I'm good with those. Now, you see, what's going to happen is whenever we inevitably play tennis, I'm going to make you play left-handed. Oh, God. I'll <laughs> just be Edgerson. I will even play left-handed. Because why not? Why, why not make it fun? If, we're, if I'm going to make you usually use your useless hand, I will also use mine. Oh, God. You'll murder me. You'll murder me! No. Yes. No. Yes, I'm... Don't argue with me. Already argued. Consider yourself thoroughly argued. Objection. Your honor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we best get into this because we have a chunk of episodes to be discussing today. So there's not a lot to talk about, though. Did you? Okay. There is a bonus episode, kind of like an OVA that was thrown in between episode 22 and 23. If you're on Crunchyroll, it just kind of continues to play through. Uh, 22.5 tip-off, and it is a kind of flashback episode to one of the characters' middle school years. That definitely doesn't spoil anything. These guys are in high school. Uh, I'm curious about whether or not you watched it. No. No? You want to know why? Why? I freaked the fuck out whenever I was watching it. Because you and I talked last night, and we decided not to record this on our usual night. Yes. Because you were tired and everything else, and we both were nowhere near actually being finished with the show. Yeah. So, we decided to push it off. So, I was watching it last night, and as soon as the ED starts, I'll always flip my phone up to Mm -hmm. its, you know, vertical state and click next episode, and I saw it. And I was like, wait... S1. Did the season just restart? Like, did something fuck up? Was that the last episode? I thought there were 25 episodes. Oh god, what's going on? (laughs) So, I backed out, scrolled through, and I was like, oh, this is random. 
on to the next episode. Yeah. I won't get into it now, but I will talk about it when we get to it. Because I watched it, and it, I, it kind of possibly spoils some things. And I want to talk about it. Because I don't know when it was released. Actually, I might look that up now. Gross. Okay, so 22.5 was released after. Quite a bit after. But Crunchyroll hmm. slotted it in, in between, and it spoils. But the OVA was actually released much later, and so therefore doesn't spoil. Sort of. Still kind of does, but not as bad. And I want to talk about it when we get there. So, it's spoil- Well, then again, I guess it didn't really affect you all that much. No, because considering... I'd already seen it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm really curious as to why... I mean, I understand why Crunchyroll put it in there, because that's the name of the episode, and it does kind of give some background to the episode that comes after it, but it also shows people who aren't introduced until later. Mm, I think you might understand what I'm, yeah, getting at. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So it's not like a huge spoiler, but it definitely does introduce people that shouldn't have been introduced until the 25th episode. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. But anyways, do we have any news? Well, I was going to say, before we get into news, have have you been watching any anime, reading any manga, anything like that, outside of... What we actually have to cover? Ooh, uh, actually, no, I haven't. I've been so busy with voice acting stuff recently, which is amazing, but also left me no time to do stuff outside of it. I am so proud of you, but also highly disappointed. I know. I know. We have a show to run here, Blue. I'm sorry! I'm sorry! <laughs> what about you, though? Have you have you been doing the things interesting? I, I have. I've been... <laughs> I've been watching a lot of anime. Yeah. So, I know I've talked about Tony Kawa, mm-hmm. and every episode that comes out, the more and more excited I am to force you to watch it in February. Okay. Because it is literally the most adorable rom-com I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely adore it. Like, just from a pure romance perspective, it is absolutely heartwarming. I love it to bits. And it's not cringy. Cute. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. So, it's right up your alley. Yeah. But also, I started a new isekai recently. Ah. It's called Kuma 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 Bear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Its premise is that the main character enjoys playing VR games. Okay. And I think she's like late high school, I think 17, 18, something like that. Mm -hmm. But instead of going to school, like she's incredibly brilliant. So instead of going to school, she just sells stocks. Okay. And, like, makes a shit ton of money. So yep. why why go to school or why get a job if you're that brilliant, especially when it comes to the stock market? Like, she literally gives her parents, like, millions of dollars to go on vacation. Right. But one day, logging back into the game, she gets a pop-up in the loading screen saying, do you like the game? So she's like, eh, sure. And then she gets, like, a loot system from the GM and they're like, here, pick a chest. So she's like, this one. And it gives her a bear outfit. It's like, do you like the bear outfit? Eh, sure, why not? And it's like, do you prefer real life over the game? She's like, no, I prefer the game. It's like, one last thing. What's the most important thing to you? She's like, my money. (laughs) And so she wakes up in the game world with the bear costume that she was given. Like, that's her only outfit she can wear because otherwise she's useless. And the god of the world 
transferred all of her IRL money into the game, so she's filthy rich, and it's just adorable. It's cute. I've been enjoying myself. That sounds like a lot of fun. I've been, <laughs> I've been wasting my time whenever, you know, I could be watching shit for the podcast. I've been wasting my time. <laughs> but technically not, because it's research job research it's it's podcast research uh yeah i mean hey our anime awards are coming up so i kind of need to watch all the current animes coming out because you know my mind may get changed on what's going to be given also we really need to sit down and come up with our categories for our anime awards we really do actually that's a good thing to pass off to you listeners easy transition (laughs) um (laughs) Yeah, if you guys have any specific categories or anything that you want us to rank stuff in, for instance, best boy, best girl, favorite anime of the year, favorite anime of what we have reviewed over the year, favorite OP, favorite ED, uh, most kawaii sidekick, I don't know, a favorite hair color on, a, <laughs> on an anime character, literally anything. Let us know in those comments. Hit us up in those DMs on the social medias. Yeah. At BNB for everything. And uh, yeah, let us let us know what you want us to categorize things in. And also, put down your favorites. We'll actually probably release... Yeah, we'll release the list of all of the categories. And then you guys can input your favorites in the comments or whatever on the actual episode when we go and review everything we'll we'll type it up in a comment on the youtube in the youtube comments in the in the section and you guys can respond to it copy paste it put your answers down and that kind of thing i'm gonna write that down before i forget yeah sticky note that yeah because lord knows you'll forget otherwise i forget even with sticky notes that is also true i feel like there's something that you and i were supposed to discuss that you sticky noted and then we never did uh no clue <laughs> that sounds about right so news news let's start off with a little bit of video game news first okay dragon ball z kakarot has revealed its next dlc with a launch date of november 17th so extremely soon two days from the day that this podcast goes live and it's taking place with the resurrection f arc of super mm-hmm. so i'm excited i really enjoyed kakarot what i've played of it Mm-hmm. I really need to finish it. Because who doesn't enjoy a Dragon Ball Z RPG? I know mm. I do. I just enjoy Dragon Ball in general. I want more. Oh, okay. I have a question of a thing that happened today. Okay. My massage therapist was asking about her nephew playing Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. Her nephew is five years old. Oh, God. My question on this, though is because of the way that the game was marketed after the release, I think, of probably the third game, with stuffed bears and blankets and socks and, like, you know, kid stuff. Not that socks are kid stuff. We kind of all need those. But, you know, (laughs) Um, like, kid sizes. They ended up marketing it to a much younger demographic than the original game was released for. In the indie game, it was released for adults. Adults all played it. Got really big on the internet. I think the original creators sold it? No. No? Okay. No. But, okay, ended up being marketed towards young kids. 
And now it's kind of a kid horror game. And I kind of understand it as well, because there's no gore or swearing or anything. But there is a lot of jump scares. and But then it's also a level of, like, are they just desensitized because of the marketing? Because it's like, well, they're, they're cuddling a Freddy bear. And it's just a jump... You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. As mm-hmm. someone who had free reign of the video games that I played growing up... Yeah, same. I don't think it's okay for horror mm. games to be marketed to children no okay because i feel like playing horror games especially at a young age could have some like long-lasting psychological effects okay i mean i feel like i turned out fine but i feel like my sensitivity to night terrors and whatnot could potentially have been increased due to that okay because i feel like i have them more frequently than most people right and i think you and i are kind of on the same page about that as well yeah i don't know if if video games would have had a direct impact on my night terrors because i believe i had night terrors before i played like diablo but Mm. but i feel like that's at least my case yeah it was also very different when when we were young though because so much more of the video game stuff required our imagination Whereas now, video games are so all-encompassing, even indie games, that so much more of your imagination isn't needed because it's provided. Mm -hmm. Because, like, back when when we were kids, it was triangle-boobed Lara Croft, you know? Mm -hmm. And now it's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, still to this day, one of my favorite horror games is The Witch's House, which is a pixelated... Like, RPG Maker horror game. hmm And yet, it's still scary to some extent. hmm Even by today's standards, I feel like the horror games have only gotten worse and more scary as time has gone along. hmm Take Visage, for example. It is still the worst horror game I've ever played. hmm Like, nothing to this day has made me legitimately yelp like that game has. Right. So, okay, follow-up question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's on the company that produces the game to not market it, to not produce things that could be marketed towards children? For instance, the Freddy Fazbender... Fazbender? Fazbear? Thank you. (laughs) I knew that was wrong and I couldn't get it right in my head. The Freddy Fazbear teddies. Do you think that they should not make those because they can be so easily put into like a children's section of a toy store or do you think it's solely on the parents to make sure that they're monitoring everything their children consume including merchandise of video games or do you think that there's like a balance between companies not producing things for children that shouldn't be or like even things that could be used towards children like blankets or teddy bears or or you know, other things that could be put into a children's section, even though they're not necessarily made for children. Or, uh, and yeah, what do you think is the balance between? I feel like there needs to be some sort of balance mixed mm-hmm. in there. Ultimately, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it is solely on the parents. Mm-hmm. However, from a company's perspective, they are there to make money. That's kind mm-hmm. of their job. Mm-hmm. So, although I don't agree with it, ultimately, that is their end goal. So, if there is a market there, with you having done marketing, I'm sure you understand. Yeah. 
that if there is an audience for it, make it happen. It makes business sense. Yeah. Whether or not I agree with it, that's a totally different thing. However, I feel like the rise of Five Nights at Freddy's and other stuff being marketed towards kids, a lot of that had to do with the YouTube community. Agreed. Which I feel like YouTube is trying to do a good job of age like separating stuff. itself and age restricting and everything else. Mm-hmm. Are there ways around it? Sure. But I feel like it's trying to do its part and like trying to separate everything little by little. Mm-hmm. I get it. But there does need to be some sort of balance here across the board. Mm-hmm. But like I said, ultimately it is on the parents at the end of the day because they have the ability to keep track of what their kids watch. They have the ability... Or they are the sole, like, proprietors of what the kids obtain, whether it be merchandise or, you know, shirts, shoes, stuffed animals, blankets, all that sort of stuff. Now, Christmas gifts and everything, that's kind of a little bit of a different story. But they can still make suggestions to those around them that are going to be seeing them and getting them gifts. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that can be done. Mm -hmm. But maybe my views on it are flawed. Yeah, well, I'm just curious because, you know, I'm the youngest in my family and all of my cousins that have, you know, had babies, my extended family, are on the other side of the world. So I Mm -hmm. have nobody around me that is younger than me, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I talk about things as to what you should do for children and stuff, I have a very large level of of disconnect. I I don't get children. I mean, my only experience of children with children as someone who wasn't a child was when I was babysitting as a teenager, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and even then a lot of people consider a teenager still a child. So I have, yeah, I have zero adult experience with children. I don't think I've ever held a baby in my entire life. I, I, so, so there is like this huge level of disconnect with me when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I have to admit, if I was in the marketing like board meeting for Five Nights at Freddy's, one of the first things that would have come to mind would have been to make, you know, Chica and Freddy and and all those stuffed animals because they are animatronic creatures. You know, it would be be one of the first things that came to my mind. So Mm. I understand completely why they did it from a marketing perspective. And it also makes me curious as to whether or not it's people in, like, Toys R Us that are unaware of what they're selling. So they sell, like, you know, they have the 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 freddy bears and they put it in the kids the kid kids section as opposed to the teen kids section because they see it as a stuffed bear and they just put it there without realizing what it's associated with you see if i remember correctly yeah looking at my times whenever i would go to books a million because at first it was niche stores like books a million and barnes and nobles yeah. That carried the Five Nights at Freddy's stuffed yeah. animals or and like stuff a like video that. game stores. Yeah. So yeah. the marketing on it was very much like the load up screen for Five Nights at Freddy's. Like you could yeah. look at it and tell not for, not kids. for kids. Yeah. But as time has gone on, I haven't seen how the logos and marketing and stuff around it has changed. I know the games are still not meant for kids at all. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as an avid YouTube watcher and a player of horror games myself, definitely not. Mm-hmm. However, I haven't seen how the merchandise and everything else around it has changed mm-hmm. 
to kind of suit it. But at first, it didn't necessarily seem like it was meant for kids. Like, you can look at the tag that has a price and everything else on it and be like, uh, maybe not. Yeah. But that's, again, that's just kind of my take on it. Yeah, I just wonder if it's it's people going, oh, you know, it's just kind of spooky. It's just a little bit Halloween-y as opposed to, no, it's designed for a horror game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd say ignorance probably does play a big part of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's, I don't know. Like, it's it's a really odd point of contention, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Because I see kind of where I'm at and everything that I've done growing up. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't have been allowed to do that. Yeah. Would I take any of it back? It's hard fucking no. Right. But would I do it differently whenever I had my own kids? I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. The There's part of me that's like, nah, I probably shouldn't. But I was able to do it. And I don't think it's, like, truly negatively impacted me completely. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I do think that could potentially have given rise to me having more night terrors because I know growing up I had a shit ton of them Mm -hmm. just over just because of playing alone in the dark and whatnot and Resident Evil and all that shit growing up. Mm -hmm. But is that truly the reason for it? I don't I don't know. I didn't study brain science. Mm -hmm. So somebody somewhere may be able to correct me on this, but ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See, my night terrors, I really don't think, were triggered or enhanced by video games. Mm-hmm. I didn't play that many scary video games, and if I did, it was my brother playing, and I was sitting on the arm of the chair watching him play. I remember <laughs> telling him when his mana would get too low and be like, you need a mana potion! Because <laughs> um, I always used to sit on that side of the chair, so like the health I couldn't see as well as I could see the mana. Um, I'd always tell him that. I remember um so you know what's funny on that point so i was always the person that would play the games and my cousins and everyone else around me would watch me play Mm -hmm. like i don't know what it was about me playing that they just enjoyed Mm -hmm. but even walker still tells me that this day he's like i would rather watch you play than sit down and play it myself and he's like that's why i honestly think you make a good streamer is because you can make up your own dialogue and BS your way through everything that you're doing, and it's just kind of engaging. Yeah. Well, I've always genuinely and generally preferred watching video games as well. It's why when YouTube, like gaming on YouTube became such a huge thing, I was one of the first people to jump on there and subscribe to everyone I could find and Mm -hmm. just binge watch video games because I used to do it with my brother growing up all the time. Again, it comes down to having really bad hand-eye coordination. In general, I'm not very good at playing video games. It takes me a while to learn to play them. And I don't have this natural kind of affinity to playing video games. I really enjoy playing them, but I'm not one of these people that can sit down with a brand new game and be good at it right off the bat. I have to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty fast learner, but I do take that learning time, whereas a lot of other people I know can just... They've had video game experience in the past, so they sit down and start a new game and they don't have to, like, remember controls, really. You know, they kind of do a couple of times that they get it in their head. Whereas I'm one of these people that needs a while to build up that learning experience to be able to play video games well. Because of that, I I just, I feel like I prefer watching other people play video games. I love streaming. I, I think it's a great time. But I, I, yeah, I'd prefer to watch somebody else play. You see, that's interesting because you as a streamer, 
again, going back to the compliments I had earlier, like, you are brilliant. Aww. So, it's, like, you're such an engaging streamer, and the things you talk about and everything else that you do while you play are extremely engaging. Now, the the gameplay, Spyro, is hilarious to watch you play. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, I guess it just comes down to, it's not... I feel like the reason that YouTube gaming in general has been, has done as well as it is, it's the personalities behind the content. It's not necessarily the games themselves. The games themselves are great. Yeah. But it's the people behind it. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, we got on such a huge tangent there. Yeah, my brain died all of a sudden. It's like, wait, now I'm up and I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Let's let's, uh, steer on on back to that news that we were talking about earlier. So, next piece of news. Hmm. I'm extremely excited for this one, but also mildly concerned. Okay. So, do you remember a couple weeks ago, whenever I talked about Sword Art Online Progressive being announced? Yes, you did. Well, the first piece of it has officially been revealed to be a film that's going to be opening in theaters in Japan in 2021. Okay. Now, along with that reveal, we also got new key visuals and also a trailer. Okay. Now, I meant to send you the trailer, but you weren't going to watch it anyway, so, True. you know. But <laughs> but I sat down and watched it, and I've been having a conversation about it with one of my really good friends, because she is a big SAO person, and I am as well, and we're also big into the progressive manga and light novels, so we were talking about it. So, for those who are unaware, SAO Progressive is the telling of the original Aincrad arc, but instead of it being, you know, starting in floor one, boss battle, and then skipping to, like, floors 23, 50, 51, 74, and then ultimately 75, it's a floor-by-floor retelling of the SAO story. So, you actually see relationships with characters develop, and how all the characters came to be. Well, the Progressive... Novels are still told mainly from Kirito's perspective. Like, he is the main character of Sword Art Online. Yeah. The film looks like it's told from Asuna's perspective. Okay, interesting. Which is interesting. I have absolutely no issues with this whatsoever. Okay. Like, Asuna is still one of my favorite female anime characters of all time. hmm But it goes against everything that SAO Progressive is. So right. I don't know if the film is, like, what part it's going to play, but it seems like it's all just a telling of the first floor, everything that happened from Austin's perspective. So I don't know how they'll transition from that into the show, if the show will just pick up in on the second floor. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm both excited, but also, like I said, I don't even know if concerned is the right word. It's just... As someone who loves the manga and loves the light novels, it just strikes me as odd that they would go in this direction with it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're familiar with the anime, you'll know the second half of SAO2 is like Asuna's story. Like that's mainly her character building and everything else. Mm-hmm. So it's odd that they would choose a film to kind of go through that retelling from what it seems. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll just see. We will definitely see. I look forward to seeing it whenever it does eventually release here in the States. Yeah. Because I 
don't know. I'm excited. Like, I absolutely love Progressive, so I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, there's quite a few really kind of important or integral films that are coming out in 2021 for seasons that have already been, for shows that have already been established. Mm. Like, we'll be getting given. Free as well as dropping a movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, free, SAO Progressive. And then, for our final piece of news, guess what's back in the news again? What? Guess. Um, is it, uh, ooh, uh, is it Demon Slayer? What? No. No? Ah, oh, shoot. Demon Slayer has <laughs> officially topped all of the Harry Potter films, Howl's Moving Castle, and has officially become the number five all-time grossing film in Japan. Ooh. It has officially sold over 15 million tickets for over 20.4 billion yen. That's insane. So it's chilling right below your name and Frozen. That's insane. And it's only been in theaters like three or four weeks. Yeah. That is unreal. Yeah. I just have no words. I'm so excited. I'm so giddy. I needed to be here like yesterday. <laughs> Get here. I need to watch the- it. Uh, it's just, I have to avoid everything Demon Slayer related, like the plague. Yeah. And I'm even avoiding reading the manga, because I just want to go see it. Yeah. Because the visuals in that show are so stunning. Like, I just want to rewatch the first season again. Well, why don't you? I'm watching so much other stuff. (laughs) I got so much to do and so little time. So much to do, so much to say. And plus, if you keep me watching 24-episode animes like this one, I'm just going to, I'm really going to run out of time. Okay, okay, okay. But. (laughs) I'm giving you a hard time. I enjoyed the (laughs) hell out of this. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Kurokurobasuke is, it was one of the first sports animes I think I I watched in general. I freaking love it. I think it's great. You know what? Okay. You know what I learned about Mm -hmm. it? I was on the Wikipedia doing a search on Kurokuro Basuke so I could get the episode list. And mm-hmm. um, when I'm looking on the Wikipedia page, I see a tab that I have never seen before when I'm searching up animes. Which is? Controversies. Ooh. So I click on it because obviously I'm curious. And it uh, turns out that this anime that I interpreted as a very innocent sports anime uh, was very quickly grabbed by the very um, extra saucy BL community. I could see that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, and so apparently there is quite a lot of fan-made stuff to do with that released on this on this anime and on, and on the manga and stuff, and I had no clue that it was so big in that community. I was just like, this is one of my favorite sports enemies of all time. And uh, apparently it's it's very big in, in that world, so. I could see that. Yeah, I could see it now. At the time, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> see, I could, I could just see that in general. Yeah. <laughs> and especially since we watched Free before this one. That's true. Like, the thought crossed my mind. I was like, you know, I bet the online forums have grabbed the hell out of this show. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me now. It just didn't occur to me while I was watching it the first time through and didn't occur to me until I read that part on the Wikipedia. And and then I was like, oh, well, duh. <laughs> that makes so much sense. 
Yeah, it it just kind of struck me because I was like, hmm, yeah, fan service. The more you Definitely know. Definitely not surprised. So shall we get into the background of the show before we really start getting into the- Let's get into the We really background. start getting into the meat and taters of the topic. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna start diving into this. Kurokono Basuke was a light novel that ran from March 4, 2011 through May of 2014 for a total of five volumes. The manga was printed in the weekly Shonen Jump. It's a shonen, who would have thought? That ran from December of 2018 through September of 2014 for a grand total of... Can you guess how many volumes? Oh, uh, uh, ten. I don't know. Thirty. Wow, that's three times the amount. That's a lot of volumes. That is a lot of volumes. The anime series was directed by Shinsuke Tada and written by Noboru Takagi. The studio that produced it was Production IG. So, Production IG has produced Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Of course, it's done all of Kurokono Basuke. It's done the new Prince of Tennis, which is right up Blue's Alley. It is! Psychopaths, Ace of Diamond, Haikyuu. Haikyuu? Wow, okay. It has done the mini version of Attack on Titan, Attack on Titan Junior High. It has done Alhari Ride, which is an adorable little anime. I really enjoyed that one whenever I watched it. Oh, snap. It's done Nobelese, which is another current anime for the fall season that I'm watching that's pretty interesting. Oh, wow. It's funny that it's done Haikyuu. The New Prince of Tennis and, obviously, Kuroko no Basuke. I can see the uh, animation, like, in common between The New Prince of Tennis and Kuroko no Basuke. Haikyuu, mm-hmm. I feel like, has a very different animation style. I feel like it does. Yeah, maybe that's just me reflecting on it, though. It's been a while since I watched Haikyuu, so it's what's coming out of my memory. But mm-hmm. I feel like Haikyuu looks very different visually to Kuroko and Prince of Tennis. The New Prince mm-hmm. of Tennis. But then also the new Prince of Tennis is very heavily influenced by the original Prince of Tennis. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, this isn't the studio that did the original Prince of Tennis. No. So the anime was licensed by Crunchyroll. It eventually ran from April of 2012 through June of 2015 for a grand total of 75 episodes. Three OVAs. It had a film series with mm-hmm. three parts. And then had a final film called Kurokono Basuke, the movie Last Game, that ran in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. There's a shit ton of this. There is. It's a big. It's a big show. Although, I don't know how it gets after the first season, but I kind of want to watch more. Yeah. Like I was much more intrigued by this than I was free. Interesting. That's very interesting. Because free, sure, it's about swimming, but that's kind of it. Okay, yeah, I see that. However, one main thing about the show that really just made me not want to watch it. Okay. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and give some of my thoughts before we get into it, mainly because we normally sit down and talk about the animation and OPs and EDs beforehand, or mm-hmm. after. We have no fucking... <laughs> statue of how we do this Mm -hmm. 
So for the first three or four episodes, I kind of hated it. Okay, why? I just didn't like it. I couldn't get into it. Okay. I don't I know that. if it was just how I got burned with Dive. And then I started watching this before we, because it was initially supposed to be backlogged because you were supposed to be elsewhere right now. Yeah, I was supposed to be in Japan, but you know, Corona. Yeah, yeah, bullshit happens. Anyway, so, and this was supposed to be the first one that we backlogged, so I had already started it, and then I didn't go back and watch the first two or three episodes before I got back into it. I just remembered not liking them, so... And the main reason I didn't like it, for one, the OP and ED sucked. Yeah. Could not get into it. Also, do I even want to talk about the animation style? Okay. <laughs> and it's not even the animation style. The animation style is fine. Okay. And in fact, for sports anime, it's pretty damn good. Okay. But the shading. Oh, okay. The lines. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It makes me irrationally angry. I don't know why the fuck they do that. It's kind of shaded. I suppose it's probably... I haven't seen the manga, so I don't know if it's shaded the same way. But I'd assume that it's shaded that way in the manga as well. And they were kind of doing it to match style. Because I know quite often they showed stuff in in manga with just like hashes and lines as opposed to coloring stuff in. But here's the thing. They actually shaded it. And then they put the lines over it too. (laughs) Yeah. Why? And not only that, but the lined areas don't even cover the whole shaded section. It's just some of them. <laughs> it makes me so angry. I don't understand why. Like, that, to me, immediately docks it three fucking points. Three? Oh, it's wow. Stupid. Okay. It That's is intense. ridiculous. It's awful. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't understand why that's one of my pet peeves, but it just... It triggered me so much, the fact that it was there for all 25 episodes. It's, I hate it. Wow, okay. I uh, I wouldn't have thought that it would have affected you that bad. I have to admit that I, I did notice it, and I'm, uh, you guys know by now that I don't really pay attention to the animation style. I am much more of a plot storyline character kind of person, and, and the animation style doesn't really affect stories too much for me. But I did notice the shading, so that that actually probably goes to tell you something there, that I, it, it actually is a conscious thought in my brain that I knew what Brad was talking about when he mentioned it, because it had appeared in my brain as well. So it is pretty obvious. Also, you know what else is bad? What? The OP and ED changed halfway through. They did. You know who didn't notice? You. Me. Because I skipped it. Yeah. And I didn't realize until like episode 24... Because I was scrolling through on my iPad, mm-hmm. and so I just forgot to skip through it, and then I heard the OP start on my phone, and I was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> the fuck is this? And then I look over, and I was like, oh, new OP. I, I hate it even more than the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have to admit, the um, music throughout the anime, not just in the OP and ED, but also backing, is very much of its time. It does definitely date the anime. I skipped them as well. I don't. I can't say that I hated them because I didn't pay attention to them. They just kind of dissolved into the background and became a non-thing for me. If I had listened to them every single time, I probably would have, would have actively hated them. One thing I will say I hated, that they replay the beginning intro bit every single episode. 
Right. You just literally start at three minutes and 15 seconds into the episode and you're oh, fine. Yeah. So much of the beginning. Like, the episodes are about 24 minutes long. Honestly, five minutes of that is just review. Because they have a section where they review what happened to the previous episode. But not mm -hmm. only that, before the OP starts, they have this little scripted bit where they talk about where they basically have like, you know when you like you start animating and they have like a narrator doing an introduction to something? That stays. It's not just on the first episode. It's on every single episode for 25 episodes. And mm -hmm. it's really annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah. But I also get that if you were watching this on TV and it was an after-school show and you came home from school and you turned on the TV and it's Kurokonobasuke, I understand why that would be necessary. I just don't think that it should... I think they should have cut that for putting it on Crunchy, you know? Have it on the first one and then cut it for all the rest. I don't think it's necessary to have... Maybe put it on the DVD or something so if you want the original version that you can have it. But I think it was probably fine for the TV release. I don't think it was necessary for, to have it on online because most people online don't watch just one episode in a sitting. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree that was kind of stupid. Or, you know, maybe do it like every four or five episodes. Like, uh, I probably would have been a little bit more forgiving over yeah, that. Yeah, once something really big happens, do it on an episode where there's like a big, you know, result of a game or, you know, you know, pinnacle of a story. Yeah, or any time you introduce like one of the new big five or whatever, mm. like anything like that, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of remind you of who these generations of Miracle Kids are. But that's kind of it. It wastes time. Mm -hmm. Now, considering it's the same graphic over and over again, maybe they were doing it just to fill airtime. Yeah, I have a feeling that it was something to do with the TV release as to why they, they had it that way. I just don't think it's necessary to have it on Crunchy like that. Uh-huh. I agree. Fuck. <laughs> you awake? No. Ohio. So much, <laughs> so much tennis. So it's funny you say that because, so you know, we were talking about yesterday about naps. Yeah. It's either yesterday or the day before. It I can't remember. Anyway, but I, did I take a nap yesterday? Did you I take, did. I took a nap yesterday? You okay. Took a nap yesterday. So, yeah. So <laughs> I took a nap yesterday. <laughs> and so. A uh, friend of mine had messaged me, and I think I woke up at, fuck, I want to say like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I woke up because this friend had messaged me. And so I just, half asleep, I look at the message, and I don't even give a shit what she said. I was just like, oh, hi <laughs> It's 7.30 at night. It's dark. It gets dark here at 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> just my response is, oh, hi <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, oh god, anime brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. Is that all the background? Yes. Okay, overview time before we chuck on those spoiler chicken hats. Kurokonobasuke, or Kuroko's Basketball, is a basketball anime, who would have ever thunk it, um, that is centered around our main character, Kuroko. He is in his first year of high school, and he was part of a team in middle school that was part of a big school that was undefeated for five years. They won the championship every year, and the specific year that he was on, 
was known for the generation of miracles, specifically five middle school students who were considered like geniuses of basketball. They were the best around, nobody could even touch them, and they slaughtered every opponent they ever went against, and they all went to the same middle school, so they were known as this like genius team. And uh, Kuroko was on that team. He was he was part of that group, not one of the five though. And he ends up going to this unknown uh, high school and and joins the basketball team, obviously. And it's us learning about him, his relationship with the five miracle gener- with the generation of miracles, and his abilities and how they used him throughout the their games because he was kind of an active member of their basketball group of their team but like nobody knows of him nobody knows who he is and so it's us learning about who he is what his abilities are all of that kind of stuff his relationship with everybody else and then also uh there's a an, another high school student, Kagami, who has come over from America, and he is fresh in Japan. Well, actually, I think he was in Japan for his last year of middle school. I'm not sure. I no, no, he's in. Is his first year in, in Japan back after being in America, and he loves basketball. And he, when he was in America, was playing a lot of street basketball. He's playing a lot of against Americans, and so he has a very different style to the Japanese players that are in the basketball team as well. And so we learn about him his relationship with Kuroko, them being on the same basketball team together, and the two of them and their team going up against the five members of the Generation of Miracles in basketball tournaments throughout high school. That's pretty much everything. Yeah. So, spoiler chicken hats on, and let's get started because we have uh, 25 and a half episodes to go through. Okay, episode number one. I am Kuroko. A new student, Kuroko, starts, uh, a new school year, sorry, starts at Seren, and uh, that's the name of the school, Seren, it starts, and there's a huge dude, (laughs) there's a huge dude, at basketball tryouts. A 25-year-old looking first year from America? Kagami. (laughs) All of the people other than Kuroko look, like, if they're one of the generation of miracles, or like, a prominent member of, you know, one of the ones, one of the, like, anime people that isn't, like, that this is, like, a predominant character, you know? They look so old. <laughs> Kuroko's the only one that looks, like, probably like a first year. So just putting that out there, if you're watching this for realism, you're not gonna find it at all. Also, every single member of the Generation of Miracles has fun coloured hair, um, so you can tell they're powerful if they don't have normal hair. Just putting that out there. What? No. This It's so stereotypical. Like, you think of this, <laughs> this stereotype of anime, Kurokurobasuke probably fits, like, the vast majority of them. They're, yeah, it's basically like you can pinpoint who's powerful based on their hair color. Absolutely. Anime is the perfect time to play Where's Waldo, <laughs> but for Can You Spot the Main Character? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and this, there's, this is, yeah, super, super extreme on that measure. And anyway, um, but yeah, so this new student comes from America, Kagami. Everyone's like, oh my god, he's huge. Oh, and Kuroko's there too, just because he, <laughs> he is. That's kind of, that's kind of Kuroko. Oh, and Kuroko's also here. 
Kuroko was the secret sixth phantom member of the Generation of Miracles, the Shadow. And uh, they end up playing a game against their senpai. And nearly lose, but they don't. And thus create a bond. Kuroko promises to make Kagami the best player in Japan, even though right now he would be absolutely slaughtered by the Generation of Miracle members, who all separated into different high schools. So basically, Kuroko has no presence. Nobody knows who he is. He poofs, disappears, doesn't exist. He's just one of those people that is a shadow. He's not like he's... Yeah, he just has no presence. He scares people all the time because he just walks up behind them. He... People just don't notice that he's there. And so he uses that and a combination of, um, like, what is it? What do they call it? Where you have the sleight of hand to distract from the ball. So he's, like, able to slip away from people that are defending him super easy because of his lack of presence. And then with some sleight of hand, he can, like, misdirect and, like, misdirection and, and change the direction of the ball. And his only skill is passing the ball. He can't shoot, he can't run, he's really small, he's, you know, all these things that would negate him normally in a basketball game, he uses to his advantage so that he can pass the balls to the other members of his team without ever being noticed. And so it looks like these balls just, like, change angle in the air because he's using misdirection and, and sleight of hand and stuff to to shape where the ball goes. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. I don't know. Works for me. Yeah, sure. Episode two. I'm serious. Their coach, who is a high school second year, and uh, she's also got magical powers, um, <laughs> like Kuroko, who could disappear. She has eyeballs that give her people's muscles as stats. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, it's just your stereotypical RPG appraisal skill. Just yeah. on muscles. And the the way they explain that is that her dad is a sports physiotherapist, trainer, you know, kind of dude up there in the sport world. And she grew up in the gym watching all of these professional athletes going to her dad to learn stuff. And so she was always looking at these really high class athletes and is now able to assess their physical condition by seeing each muscle as a number which is, you know, magic. This is why I'm like, this isn't serious. You know, some sports animes you can take pretty seriously. Kuroko no Basuke, you cannot take seriously. But it's a lot of fun. And uh, I did learn about basketball from it, kind of. But did you, though? I learned that there's quarters. I didn't know that basketball is played in, in 10-minute quarters. That's new. Only in high school. Is it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Cool. Now I don't know anything about basketball anymore. No, no, you know about high school basketball. Okay, great. Great. You're welcome. I'm just going to stick to uh, football and hockey, yeah? You mean soccer and hockey? Uh, Only North American calls it soccer. (laughs) Um... Okay. I, I, I just wanted to fuck off on that one. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Uh, I'm getting, but I do you get annoyed when I call it American football? No. No. Okay. Because I mean, since I took Spanish, I was literally taught football and then American football. Okay. And so, honestly, at this point, even I call soccer football. Like yeah. it's just it's natural for me at this point. Football. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, but their coach sets up a practice match with a top-ranked school. Kajo. Kajo? Kajo. No, because the I's after. So it's Ka... I thought it was K... K-A-I-J-O? Did I just spell it wrong? I probably just spelled it wrong. If it's Kaijo, I just spelled it wrong. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Anyway. I set up a practice match with Kaijo. Uh, they, uh, and Kaijo has actually managed to acquire one of the Generation Miracles in their team. So they have a newbie, fresh baby boy who is uh, one of the Generation Miracles and he's playing for their team. The newest to basketball, Ryota Kise. And he comes to Kuroko's school to recruit Kuroko after playing Kagami. Uh, and after playing Kagami, they realize just how strong he is. But Kuroko refuses his offer to go to Kaijo and promises to help Kagami in beating the generation. It's not all about winning for him anymore. Ooh. <laughs> so, so interesting. I can understand how... You weren't into these first few episodes. It's kind of a slow start. Plus the animation. Plus the animation. Yeah. But it is kind of a slow start. It's the animation that pissed me off to begin with. Mm -hmm. Episode three. It's better if I can't win. The team goes to a practice match, quickly realizes that they aren't being taken seriously at all. Like the coach is being a coke. The coach is being an asshole. They're playing on a half court. They're not playing. Like Kisei isn't even playing in the match because they don't think they even need him in the match, in the game. Can you tell him football in the brain? <laughs> and uh, he's not even playing in the game. And Kisei's really upset about this because he wants to play against Kuroko. Yeah, but the coach doesn't take it seriously. They're playing on a half court. So Kagami's like, mm, well, I'm going to show you, boy. And goes and dunks the basketball and breaks the hoop. And they're like, well, the, the, the bolts were rusty, but he still shouldn't have been able to do that. And so then they have to use the full court because the half court's broken. And when they use the full, full court, Kisei is actually playing as well. The team does well, but the pace is so fast that they really start lagging behind. And they have to time out. Uh, and in a timeout, Kuroko reveals that Kisei's ability is basically copying. He's a copycat. What he sees, he can do. And that soon the effectiveness of his misdirection will wear off as they get used to his presence on the court. Kisei ends up telling Kagami that he can't possibly beat them, but it only fuels Kagami's spirit because he's one of these people that's like, oh, you tell me I can't do it? Well, now I'm going to do it to spite you. You know? Yes. Yes. Basically, he's really stubborn. Episode four, take care of the counterattack. I, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Take care of the counterattack. Pikachu. I was about to say, are you? Are we? Are we about to summon Pikachu? Pikachu, where are you? I don't know. I don't know why I went into that. Critical. <laughs> That'd be like me just suddenly bursting in Arnold for no reason. You do though. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Stop acting like I do. <laughs> you were saying. Anyway, Critical's abilities <clears throat> are the only ones that Kisei uh, are one of the only ones that Kisei cannot copy because. He has, Kisei has such a large presence on the court due to the fact that he's like a model and a big personality and stuff. He can't slip into the background enough to be able to use a misdirection technique effectively. effectively. So Kuroko's like got one of the only skills that he just can't copy. 
And as the game progresses, Kuroko and Kagami's teamwork improves. The game is still pretty much even though. Kisei accidentally cuts Kuroko and Kuroko becomes lightheaded having to lie down. Oh no, Kuroko. The second years on Kagami manage to hold down the fort and keep their lead from getting too big, especially with the captain's nothing but net shooting ability. It's not quite, but he's he's really good at being able to shoot under pressure. They kind of explain that later on. But they can't win at this pace, and soon the coach puts Kuroko back in. His abilities are back to full power due to him being out of the game for a while. So because he was out of the game, everyone kind of got like like they when he was in the game, everyone was kind of getting used to his presence. So they started paying more attention to him because they knew that that's what was happening. So they started like looking for him. But then when he was put out of the game, their focus went elsewhere. And then when he was put back in again, it was kind of like a reset button on his lack of presence, if that makes sense. Well, yes. 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 And soon the score is back to a tie. Kisei, even after claiming a certain victory, gets stumped by Kuroko's alley-oop buzzer-beater strategy. And they win. Yeah. No. What? No. The main character's winning their first game to establish that they have abilities? Never. Must establish dominance. Must establish dominance is going to pee on you. <laughs> Although, honestly, I would have preferred them to lose here. To Kisei? Yeah, because later on, it makes you question what happened in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To say the least. Mm. Because I just... Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Episode 5, Your Basketball. Kisei struggles with his first ever loss, but his team are there to support him because they're brothers in arms and they can do it together. The power of friendship is bullshit. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out that one of the best shooters, but the, the best shooter of the miracles, Mirima, was watching the game and he was... Uh, and he'll be playing Seren, Kuroko's school, in the prelims of the next tournament, of the coming tournament. And they eat some steak. Kuroko and Kisei talk about Kisei talk. And, sorry, Kuroko and Kisei talk. Kisei says that he thinks that Kagami will become aloof, like the five, when he sharpens his talent. So basically, all of the miracles, they are reliant on themselves during a game. They don't do team play. They play for themselves. They don't care about, you know, other people helping them win. They're very selfish in their play style. And that's specifically what Kuroko didn't like playing for them, playing with them. He wanted a team environment. That's what he wanted out of the game. And he ended up really hating basketball when he was playing with them, so much so that he walked out right after the championship of their middle, uh, their middle school game, right after they won. He just walked out because he was not into it. He wanted more from the game and ended up really hating basketball in general because of the way that these miracles played and their selfishness. And Kisei is basically saying to, to Kuroko here that Kagami is on a fast track to becoming one of them in that sense. He's got the same level of talent. It's just right now really raw compared to the other five who have established talents. And he's saying that when Kagami ends up developing his talent properly, he's going to end up becoming like the other five in the same way. And he's going to abandon his team and going to go for a much more selfish style of play. And Kuroko is going to be left behind again. Same as he was previously. Which is rude. But like also, I understand. But still like, rude. Hashtag rude. Hashtag rude. 
And Kagami actually ends up interrupting this conversation with Kisei to kick some ass with some street ball. And Kisei ends up acknowledging Kagami's abilities. And uh, yeah, Kagami and Kuroko have a bonding moment. So cute. Such bond. What is bonding? James. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That was really stupid. I can appreciate it, though. <laughs> Episode 6! Let me tell you about a thing or two. The team trains like trains like crazy as the prelims begin. Oh, yeah, and there's the Japanese lunch rush in this moment. <laughs> if you've seen it, you'll know. Their yep. first opponent houses a foreign-scouted player called Papa, who's who they call um, uh, Oji-san, right? Oji-san? Uh, Oto-san. Oto-san. Oh, they just call him dad. Oh, you his granddad, right? Or, like, old man? Yeah. Oh, so. But they call him dad, but his name's Papa. Whose talent is that he's huge. He's really big. And, obviously, in high school, that helps. But he's, like, two meters tall. I don't know what that equates to in feet. I feel like it's... Let me double check. I'm 176 centimeters at five foot nine and a half. I'm 194. Ooh. So he's like short person. So he's like what six foot six? <laughs> he's six foot six point seven four inches. So, six so foot if we seven. put that in centimeters, it's two hundred centimeters. It's two meters. No, it should be no. two meters is two hundred centimeters. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I was trying to confuse you. Okay. Yeah, I'm really confused. You succeeded. <laughs> the metric system is so easy to follow. I was like, that's why I was confused. I was like, what's going on here? I have achieved my goal because all I wanted to do was confuse. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. <laughs> you made me think that I just can't do really basic math. <laughs> you are very welcome. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, never mind. Six foot seven's fucking massive. Yeah, he's huge. That's his talent. He's he's real big. The game begins, and Seren is determined to is determined to be weak by their opponents. They're like, oh, these guys are so weak. Because they're a newly established school, they only actually started their basketball team last season. So the second years were the ones who started the basketball team. And so and they did pretty well in their first year, but they didn't make it past the championships of the preliminaries and so they are kind of known for doing okay but like they're a very newly established team so people are kind of like underestimating them and especially considering that the generation of miracles has been like distributed between all of the top schools and they didn't get any of them according to most people's knowledge because Kuroko wasn't like mentioned in like articles and stuff they forgot about him which is part of his like presence thing um it means that they are immediately taken as a weak school upon first appearance, which also helps with the establishment of them having the underdog fight, which we do love in a good sports anime. Or just sports thing in general. I mean, who doesn't love the Mighty Ducks, right? Hockey. Hockey! But yeah, they're determined to be really weak by their opponents, who believe the Miracles to be weak then, because of the fact that Seren beat 
one of them. And Kuroko is mistaken to be a, for a child. Like, legitimately thinks he's a child. Get off the court. What are you doing there? Sees his uniform. Oh, you're a player. <laughs> Why is a child a player? And everyone, uh, that was really funny. I really enjoyed that moment with his team dying in the background and him just, like, being really upset about it. But he's, like, Tanaka-kun in his lack of facial expression. So it's really funny that he's, like, upset and just has a blank face. Yep. It's it's very He gets, like, a slight slant in his eyebrows. Yeah, very That's slight it. slant. I think the most I've... Oh, no, he did smile at one point towards the end of the anime, and they didn't put any teeth in, and it was very strange to see him smile, open mouth. He had no teeth. I don't recall. Yeah, there's... I think it's in episode 25. I remember looking at it and thinking he looks weird. I don't recall that, and I literally watched it before we sat down to record. Yeah. You'll have to... So I don't know. you have to go back and see that, because it looks weird. I don't know why that stuck in my brain, but it did. Anyways, they soon reveal that there's something more to them than initially appears. Whoa, who would have thought? What? I know, no. right? Episode 7, you'll see something amazing. The team easily beat Papa and quickly progressed through the tournament. Mirorima is part of one of the three king schools that for the past five years have been the, one, been the ones to progress to nationals. Last year, the... Uh, last year, the second years were crushed by them by triple the points. So they got past the preliminaries, they got into the final stages of regionals, and there's like a, you know, the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and then the final. And you have to play all three teams to progress in, like, once you get down to a team of four. And each time, each king that they played were crushed by triple the score. They absolutely were not on the same page as those teams but we find out a little bit more about that later on as to why they were crushed so badly but because of that they now have like a vendetta against them they have a reason to try hard and they end up learning about Midorima. Midorima is the second of the miracles that we come across he has green hair Kisei has um yellow hair blonde he's blonde uh Kagabi has red hair, and Kuroko has a light blue. I'm sorry, what color hair did you say Midorima has? Green. Oh, I thought she said yellow. No, Kisei has yellow. Okay, for some reason I thought she said Midoriya had yellow. I was going to be like, dude, uh -uh. do we need to have a talk about your perception of color really quick? My brother's the colorblind one, not me. Okay, you... You may continue. I had to. I had to check on you for a second. I'm good. Trust me, I'm good. Uh, okay. <laughs> but Mitoriyama, uh, he never misses a shot, no matter how far away it is or how high he throws it. Kuroko has never seen him miss a shot in all of his years of middle school. And the rest of the team have perfect fundamentals. They're going to be a huge challenge. As the team are gearing up for their second game of the day, they realize that they will not only be playing them in the finals, but also one of the other three King Schools right before. So they're going to be playing two King Schools on the same day, one right after the other, and Midorima is going to be in the second game that they play of the day, which is going to be really tough on them because, you know, one game in a day is exhausting, let alone two games against two of the King Schools. Intense. Episode 8. Now that I think about it, 
The teams are the team is studying for the semi-finals, but their opponent is formidable. They have incredible defense. The game begins and the boys just cannot score. Uh, one of the first years has actually managed to hold off Kisei back in middle school with his unusual defense, and now our boys are playing against them. They're using a martial arts technique to block all of Seren's passes. Kuroko wants to win this game to put to rest the crushing defeat his senpais experienced last year. Kagami manages to push through and score the first basket of the game. So this is kind of where in the anime that we start seeing games progress to more than one episode per game. Because previously we kind of like had maybe like one and a half episodes per game, you know? But this is where we start seeing like an episode per quarter, right? I don't think a game lasted longer than three episodes. No, not quite. Right. I think that's the max, but uh, yeah, around about that. Yeah, it was around this time that I started to kind of lose my patience. Yeah. Like, I get why they want to make it as long as possible. But then I also started to think, if I can't get through this, how am I going to How am I gonna sit through Haikyuu? Haikyuu is so entertaining, though. I really, I feel like Haikyuu is really entertaining. And it's a later season that gets drug out more but one tournament an entire season yeah <laughs> but there's like other stuff thrown in there <clears throat> it's good though it's good it's good i enjoy haikyuu one episode he hits the ball next episode the ball is returned <laughs> <laughs> honestly though, that's kind of true namek will explode in five minutes 50 minutes later Four and a half minutes remain. Uh, yeah. But that's kind of anyway. all sports anime's, though. Like, I mean, what else is going to happen when they play in a tournament? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 9. To win! The game progresses, but things aren't looking too hot. Kagami has three fouls. He's fouling out big time. And Kuroko steps up. Kuroko, sorry. What? Am I going on about? Huh? Who am I? I don't even know. Kuroko steps up a notch and the duo get going, but Kagami is, he gets a fourth foul. Like, they are fouling out big time. He, he is foully. Could call him a chicken, there's so much foul. Get it? It's a bird joke. No? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that your pun was excellent, but then I would be lying. Ah, uh, really? I thought it was a cracking joke. You know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make better yolks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can shell out a couple more. Not if I beak you to it. <laughs> I'm just winging these, you know. I feel like I've got a real talent for this. <laughs> I just wanted there to be a long silence. Just a long silence. Okay. Did I talk about... Yeah, okay. Uh, they bench the duo because of the fact that Kagami's on his fourth foul and Kuroko's been playing for a while. Um, and the fact that they need to preserve their energy for later on, for the final. For the second game that they're playing. And so it's down to the second years to, to get their revenge. The captain is their emotional support, but the true eyes of the court is Izuki-kun who has the ability to picture the court from a bird's eye perspective (laughs) at any time. So again, another one of our supernatural powers. 
things are looking up as they only are six points behind with five minutes left in the game when Cat Senpai (laughs) crashes into... Um, crashes uh, trying to get an almost out-of-bounds ball and is effectively out of the game. He's too injured. Kuroko steps in to finish. Kagami's grudge match. Episode 10. I can't have that. I don't know why I went southern for that. I can't have that. I am so upset. So upset? What, you can't be having that? How dare you make fun of me? How dare you make a fun of me? Who in the ding dong damn hell do you think you are? What do you gosh darn think you're doing? Now, dadgummit, bless your heart. Oh, bless your cotton socks. (laughs) (laughs) I like how the accent just twitches on socks. I can't say socks, American socks. (laughs) Socks. Socks. <laughs> I can't do it. It's socks. It's such a hard O. Socks. Socks. I'm speaking American. I'm just going to put my socks on. Yeah, see, that's fine. If you say it like S-A-U-X. Socks. But no, not on its own. You have to say it in a sentence. Let me just go grab my socks. But I like how you have to go Becky to be able to get it. When you say it in Southern, Southern, then it's socks. Because it's almost two syllables. <laughs> Everything we say has Every- more syllables. We've all got more syllables. <laughs> Episode 10. I can't have that. The fight is tough, but serene. I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. Let's go with it. Has put in so much work studying their opponents. It took them some getting used to, but they're able to adjust their... Uh, they're able to adjust to their habits. Basically, because of the ancient martial arts practice that they've put into their basketball play they like point their toe in a specific direction before they take a step so they're able to like skip a step so it means that they're quicker in like their movement is more fluid and they're able to like accelerate faster but it's also a tell because if our guys are like watching their feet then they're able to tell which direction that they're gonna go in before they move because of the direction of which their foot points right so it's a, a blessing and a curse but it actually took the guys some getting used to to get into it before they were able to initially like get going because obviously you don't study people's feet on a regular basis or at least i don't <laughs> tacos <laughs> okay sure tacos um <laughs> not the answer you were looking for nope I had a burrito for lunch oh. today. Just putting that did out you? there. I did. It was really good. I had Jesus chicken for lunch today. You had what? Delicious. Chick-fil-A. Oh. <laughs> what did you I'm so confused. Jesus chicken. Why? Tis the Lord's chicken. Right. Don't even have to say a blessing before you eat it because it's already blessed. Sure. Never Not sponsored by Chick-fil-A, but damn it, I would love it if we were. <laughs> I've never had Chick-fil-A before. They have mac and cheese now. Ooh. Have you had Nando's? No. I don't even think there's Nando's in the States. There is. I'm sure I'm sure there's Nando's in the States. Probably in like LA and New York and places that are more like international. In LA. Yeah, there's a Nando's here in Alberta. There's a few Nando's. Let me see where the nearest Nando's to me is. Yeah. You gotta go get a cheeky Nando's, mate. Is there a Nando's in the U.S.? Nando's opened its first location in 2008 in Washington, D.C. As of 2019, Nando's has 42 restaurants in the U.S. 
Dear God, why are... Why? What? The areas that they have them is so weird. Yeah. There are 12 in Illinois, 6 in D.C., 14 in Maryland, and 10 in Virginia. Why are they all up north? Canada. Baca. <laughs> they filtered down from Canada. Oh no, they're migrating south for the winter. <laughs> we do, we have snowbirds. You'll find a lot of Canadians in Arizona during the winter months. How dare you send the penguins down here. <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah, like they're actually known as snowbirds. And um, I think Arizona natives swap, like they come up here for the summer because the summers are much cooler than Arizona summers. So if they overheat during the summer, like so they're at a constant like California temperature because it's never too hot, hmm. never too cold because there's Arizona for the winter, Canada for the summer. So they're always at like a even 30 degrees Celsius. Penguin. Penguin. Where did I get to? Oh yeah, they're passing skills. Yeah, it took them some time getting used to their feet thing, but Kuroko is aiding them with his passing skills and they managed to scrape a win. They rest after a short celebration for a bit, but Kuroko is noticed when he goes to the bathroom. He doesn't spook somebody. Ooh, what does that mean? The final begins and it's going to be a tough win for our boys. After a three-pointer for Mirarima, Kuroko counters with an across-court to Kagami immediately after. This is going to be an interesting game. That shot was so cool. Yes. That was really cool. I was not expecting it at all. I was I was intrigued. Yeah. But then again, this whole... It was this episode or this game where everything kind of started to fall apart for me. Oh. It was like... Too supernatural. Too- I told you it wasn't realistic. I know, but you didn't say how bad it was? Hey, I did. I said it was Prince of Tennis level bad. How much Prince of Tennis do you think I've actually seen? You said you'd watched some. I've seen three episodes. Yeah, anyways, episode 11. That's not it. The game continues, uh, but they quickly discover that their opposition has the same eagle-eye ability as Izuki, but just kidding, it's not just Izuki's eagle-eye ability, it's better, because that's, you know, the way that opponents work. Mm. And so he's effectively able to shut down Kuroko, because he knows where he is on the court the entire time, because he can see the court from a bird's eye view, despite the fact that he is not currently a bird. A bird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So he, he knows everybody else's position on the, on the court. The first quarter ends, and Shutoku are leaving the game to Mirima because his because of his insane across-court three-pointers. He can throw them from, like, anywhere on the court and gets them in nothing but net every single time without fail. Serin keep Kuroko and Kagami in the game, giving them a chance to figure out a new strategy, despite the fact that Kuroko is kind of Useless at this point because of Eagle Eye knowing where he is. And when he's useless, Kuroko is worse than just a regular basketball player because of the fact that he doesn't have any kind of general skill. His only skill is his lack of presence and passing ability. Kagami laughs at the sheer ability of his opponent. He's glowing red. And you know when they start glowing, <laughs> the things are getting intense. He's going super saiyan. Yes, their auras have appeared. Their auras just so happen to match their hair and eye color. Who would have thought? Anime tropes. Anime tropes. Episode 12. What is victory? 
The third quarter begins, and Kagami is determined to win. He pushes himself hard to block Mirima's shots, and is uh, with his mad hops. He's got mad hops. Kuroko watches from the bench as he closes the gap between the scoreboard, but furthers the gap between himself and his teammates, relying on only himself to win. And you're starting to see these like hints of things that uh, Kisei was talking about beforehand, where he's going to end up becoming really selfish. Soon, though, through her, uh, through his exertion of the first game, from the first game, in addition to the intense jumping that he's been doing, to, uh, catches up to him, and his lack of teamwork gives Shutoku an advantage. The gap widens again, and Kuroko ends up punching Kagami, who returns the favour and punches him back. But then, you know, after you've punched each other, then you can be friends, because violence is the answer to things, instead of just talking things out. No, that, that is kind of a guy thing, though. Sure. Like, you beat the shit out of each other, you get it out, and then it's fine. Sure. I, I don't agree with it, but for some reason, that's just kind of it. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. Don't get me wrong. But it's, it is just a guy thing. Uh, it's weird. Well, I've never had masculine levels of testosterone pumping through me veins, so I can't speak of it from a guy's perspective, um, but it seems kind of stupid to me. Oh no, I agree. As a guy, I think it's dumb. Like, why fight? But I've seen countless, I, I don't know, like I've seen it happen countless times. Mm. Like I said, don't agree with it. It's just for some reason how guys operate. Well, I'll I'll leave your opinion on that to you, because, you know, i not be one of those. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Kuroko promises that he's going to step it up a notch, and he has an idea. Episode 13! I believed in you! Kuroko uses punch! It was super effective! Not like punching him in the face, like punching the basketball. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> Kuroko up until this point has just been using misdirection on the ball. So he has just been slightly tapping the ball or shifting the ball in um, its direction to change the direction of the pass, obviously. Like it's being thrown, he's just tapping it and it's changing the course of the ball to be passed to a different person that was initially expected or who was initially thrown to, right? Yes. But in this case, um, he's not just tapping the ball or shifting the ball, he's pushing the ball with like the heel of his hand to increase the trajectory at the same time as changing direction. Velocity. Trajectory is direction. Increasing the velocity while changing the trajectory. Physics. <laughs> Big words. Me no understand. What? It's been a while since I've been out of school. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, But in doing so, previously, when he was in middle school, only the miracles could actually catch these balls because he's increasing the the velocity so fast that it, it makes it very difficult for people to catch them, especially if they're just catching them with like the tips of your fingers or you're like mid jump while you're catching them. It makes it pretty difficult for you to get a solid hand on these. So he doesn't he he doesn't use this with he hasn't used this with the team previously because he it's not a reliable pass as not everyone can catch it and it could end up leading a breakaway for the other team, right? Yes. But he starts using it to give it to Kagami, because Kagami has ability to catch them. And <laughs> Kagami jumps to block Mirima's first shot, but he can only jump once more. His legs are shot. He's only got two jumps in his tank. So he jumps one to kind of 
bluff his way through the game to be like, yeah, I got more hops, even though everyone's like, you shouldn't be able to jump anymore, your legs are shot. He's like, well, watch me, and jumps, blocks Midorima's shot. And they end up managing to be able to pull up their score to make it to just being two points behind. But in doing so, Kagami uh, has to dunk using his last jump, because he dunks it, loses his last jump, and that's it. He's got no more jumps in his tank, his legs are shot. The captain is able to make a three-pointer with only a couple seconds on the clock left, but Midorima gets the ball, and he'll shoot a three-pointer from across the court. But Kagami finds one more jump in his tank, and Midorima faked him out, because he was like, I knew that you had an extra jump in there, I believed in you, hence the title of the episode, to, that you would be able to find one jump past your ability to jump, and goes to jump late. But Sneaky Kuroko predicted this and knocks it from his hands from below before he's able to jump. The buzzer goes and Zedin wins the tournament! The third, uh, a third miracle happened to be interested in the game though, Aomine, and we get introduced to him. Dark Blue. Aomine! Yeah, okay. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. So, with the end of these guys winning the tournament and progressing onto nationals, we are gonna wrap up this episode here and do a part two of Kuroko no Basuke as a midweek episode, an extra special super bonus episode midweek. So, that's super duper uber exciting if you ask me because you guys get an extra bonus episode. And also, um, we are trying to keep our episode length down. That is one thing that we have heard from you guys that we are listening to, um, that sometimes our episodes are too long and it makes you not want to listen. And so, yeah, we're going to try and keep our episodes down as much as we can. It may mean that when we start doing these 24-25 episode length series, episodes, seasons, whatever, uh, we'll split them up into two sections and maybe drop a midweek or maybe do them over two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think of the first half of the anime up until this point this is kind of where stuff started to kind of pick up for me Mm -hmm. so i was kind of getting more invested i still wasn't 100 percent sold on it i was still like "Eh, okay but also it was late yeah because you and i talked about it we waited to the last minute to start binging it yeah we can't do that with 24 episode shows man (laughs) No, we really did not do good. And especially, like, I, because my uh, doctor's appointment was on Tuesday, and normally that's when I'm like, okay, need to kick this into high gear and watch this anime. And my appointment was a couple hours away, because it was in the city. Then I was there for much longer than I thought I was going to be, because they were electrocuting me to check my nerves. And uh, when I got back, it was like 6pm. Yeah, that kind of, that kind of just takes the whole day. Uh Uh-huh. And then you were playing so much tennis this week. We really uh, did a long one on a bad week, huh? Yeah, my my body is broken. My mm. back hurts. I'm mm. tired. We picked a great time a to great try to time. do something long. Mm-hmm. But we dictate our schedule here. <laughs> we do. I really, really like Kuroko no Basuke. I think it's one of those animes that I'm going to revisit time and time again because it's just a load of fun and because I like all the characters and I know the storyline now because I watched it many moons ago, I can just kind of like watch random bits and pick things up from all over the place, you know? And it's a really good time. I enjoy it. It's one of those ones like Prince of Tennis that I just watch randomly at random times and it's a great background anime for me 
because again like there's so many episodes and you could just check it out on crunchy and it automatically plays the next episode for you and i have a i have a really great time watching it so i'm glad that you enjoyed it because i know you don't exactly have the best history with that you've you're enjoying it so far obviously we haven't discussed the second half of the first season but you don't have the best history with sports animes and uh i wasn't sure how you were gonna feel about the fact that this one is not at all realistic i wonder whose fault that is yeah i'm i'm intrigued i think i could definitely see myself watching more of it later on down the road Mm -hmm. in fact i mean i would totally be up for covering season two at some point yeah the winter cup yeah because i'm i'm intrigued from where it left off to actually see how the winter cup is gonna go and how it's gonna play out yeah but also knowing there's one more season after the fact too makes me that much more intrigued yeah so I'm excited. I'm excited to sit down and talk to you about the rest of the first season as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm super excited for that as well. Although, sad day for you, because that means you had to spend uh, another extra episode sitting down and talking to me, you poor soul. No, I love talking to you. It's a great time. You don't have to lie to me. It's okay. I'm not lying. I tell truth. Also, I think there is one thing that we haven't really talked about throughout this anime so far is that there is an underlying level of humor throughout this anime. There is. Like, it's very subtle, but it breaks everything up nicely. It really does. Especially when we get introduced to number two later on down the line. Number two is my favorite character in this whole show. Oh my god, he's so cute. Like, any time we get characters like number two introduced, I don't know why, but they just immediately become my favorite character. Oh, uh, yeah, I have no idea why. Not because they're freaking adorable or anything. No, not at all. No. But yeah, there's a couple scenes in here that, that really make me laugh, and there's some really big anime stereotypes that they make fun of in this, that they take really lightly. Um, Mm. That you see uh, specifically later on when we get introduced to the only other female character in this show other than our coach. Um, And and there's a couple of tropes with her specifically that are very obviously making fun of other animes that do them seriously. Mm -hmm. And that was really funny. Oh yeah, for sure. So I'm excited. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to talk about this more. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. So, shall we shall we dive into the plugs? Let's dive into those plugs. So, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender Monday through Saturday, except for Wednesdays and Thursdays, whenever she does decide to stream from 8pm to 10pm Mountain Standard Time. Yeah, still on a, a break right now. Still on break. Still on break. Well, you kind of have a lot going on. I do have a lot going on. I have so many voice acting contracts coming through, which is super exciting, but it obviously does take up time. And then obviously the physiotherapy stuff and, you know, other editing stuff, art, all of this stuff. So much going on. Yeah, you you take on too much. Uh, I do, but it's so much fun. It is so much fun. But still, don't don't kill yourself. Take a break. I'll try not to. I will Hydrate. take a break. Since you're not streaming you know you need to you need to hydrate i need to water myself (laughs) yes so i will grow yes but you can also find blue on instagram and twitter and twitter at blue lavender stm and she also runs an adorable instagram 
for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. If you like Brad and you want to see more of him or hear more of him, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. You can also find him on Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming as well. He also runs our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook for our podcast, the thing that we do that you are listening to currently. If you are hearing this, uh, I hate to inform you, but you are in fact listening to a podcast. And um, yeah, no, right. Shock. And he. <laughs> He does horror. all those, the horror, uh, which is at BNB Anime on all of the socials, including a YouTube channel where we have all of our archived episodes where you can find some fancy thumbnails, listen to us talk about stuff, and write us up in those comments, answering our questions that we ask throughout our podcast episodes, and um, interacting with us, letting us know our that our thoughts and opinions are crap, because... <laughs> To be honest, they probably are. And what your thoughts and opinions are, because none of us are professionals here, and we're just having a good time, and we want to know what you guys think as well. We also have a handy-dandy-handy handy website where you can see see more of us. You can find out more about us, read our About Us section, put a face to the name, have a look at a picture of us if you want to, see about all the projects that we have been involved in with voice acting, art stuff, all the other stuffs as well, some friends of the podcast, and the entire archive of all of our episodes. So if you really want to, you can go back and listen to our really embarrassing first episode and uh, listen to the hopeful progress that we have made since then. Hopefully we're a little bit more charismatic, a little bit more better at editing, and a little bit more, um, you know, doing the goods with the podcasts. But yeah, let us know what you think of Krokoro Basque. Let us know what you think of sports animes in general. Let us know all of the stuffs. How you been? Are you in lockdown currently? Talk to us. We want to hear you. Yes. Also, we are working on our schedule for... 2021 at present so if you have other sports anime you would like us to cover if you want to hear us cover more of Kurokono Basuke or other sports animes that we've talked about Prince of Tennis, Diamond No Ace, Haikyuu although I think we are working on getting at least the first season of Haikyuu scheduled in somewhere. Second half of this episode coming out on Wednesday so if you are listening to this and it, you should be listening to this on the day guys you should be listening to this on the day it releases on Sunday if you're not what are you doing with yourselves? I'm just kidding. We normally release it pretty late on a Sunday. So if you're listening to it on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday even, then be aware that the next episode, the second half of this, is going to be coming out on Wednesday as well. So I got excited for that. And you can hear our final opinions, thoughts, the rest of the season, our overall review of the stuffs, even though you know kind of where we're going with it. But yeah, all that's coming out on Wednesday. So get hyped, guys. Hype. Hype. Much hype. Such wow. Mm. Much Such amazement. Wow. So, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Part two of Kurokono Basuke is coming on Wednesday. And then after that, you will be able to enjoy rugby with All Out as Sports Month rolls on. All of that will continue throughout the rest of November. And then begins the wrap-up for the year. Yes. But thank you all so much for listening. And we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.